What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Hello and welcome to Eat More Barbecue, Canada's barbecue podcast. This is episode 221 and I'm your host, Ryan Sanderson. Thank you for tuning in, downloading and listening, and however you are making it happen, I do appreciate you. This week we have another in the Alberta Foodways series with a chef and company using centuries-old Italian dry curing techniques to turn quality Alberta-raised meats into amazing and delicious salumi products. Stuart Curtin of Calgary's VDG Salumi is my guest this week as we sat down to chat at their Northeast Calgary facility. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by the Motley Q 2022 Competition Bounty Program. For the last couple of years, Motley Q's amazing products have been winning awards in multiple sauce and seasoning contests, like the best sauce on the planet. Competition barbecue cooks have also been receiving calls using Motley Q products at competitions all over the world, so this year Big Joe and Jess are looking to add to the winning. In 2022, when you use Motley Q products and win a category or a GC, you'll get some extra jangle in your pockets. It's as simple as this. Use Motley Q products in a sanctioned competition and take some pictures or video as proof. When you win a category or GC, email the Motley Q the proof and they will send you $250 as a bonus for continuing the winning. They will most likely do a post about your win, but will not share any pictures or video that you don't want out there. Your secrets are safe with them. Visit MotleyQ.ca, that's M-O-T-L-E-Y-Q-U-E.ca, and click on the Barbecue Bounty Program at the top of the screen to get all the details. Welcome back, everybody, another episode of the podcast. Uh, regular listeners will know that I sometimes detour a bit away from barbecue, but never too, too far. This is one of those episodes. Instead of smoked meats, we're going to dive into the world of cured meats today with an Alberta producer doing a lot of interesting things. Stuart Curtin with VDG Salumi is my guest this week. Welcome to Canada's Barbecue Podcast. Stuart, how are you? I'm great, Ryan. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for uh, for doing this. Appreciate you sticking around a little late at work here to, to sit down and do this. So a uh, question I ask everybody right off the top is, what does barbecue mean to you? Barbecue, to me, means slow-cooked using natural fuel. Nice. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 I think, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say, uh, I'm not going to say that it's an outdoor cooking vessel that I cook uh, chicken breast on start to finish and yep. then serve dried over potatoes for some reason. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of people go uh, with more of a emotional, uh, you know, I think that's maybe the chef in you coming out with the uh, very technical, uh, the, the technical definitions. That's a, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. So let's get uh, before we talk, get into what's happening here at VDG. A little bit about your uh, your background. Ontario was home for you originally, right? Uh, I was actually born in Calgary. Okay. Um, I moved to Ontario uh, with my family when I was about ten years old. Okay. Okay. Um, basically, you know, in Ontario, I got submersed into the kitchen world in in high school. Uh, Obviously, cooking at home. I come from a family that uh, produced produced food every night. We had big dinners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very, very important to us. Um, and I I was working as a co-op student that led into a job in uh, Peterborough, Ontario. That's where okay. I got into the kitchen. Yep. I moved back to um, Calgary to go to professional cooking school. That's eight. That's eight, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I quickly moved back again to Toronto to do postgraduate uh, Italian cooking. So I was uh, dialing in uh, Italian food a little more. Okay. Uh, which landed me a job in Toronto, back in Toronto working, uh, producing Italian food uh, for very Italian people, learning the culture, the language, sort of everything that involved with that. Mm-hmm. Then I did move to Italy and go to, I went to school just outside of Parma. Nice. Uh, and then I worked in Sicily for a couple of years. Okay. What, were you, what sort of work were you doing there? Cooking or is that where, where did the cured meat stuff kind of come in for you? The cured meats came into play um, in while working in the tr- kitchens in Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I actually learned more hands-on 
uh, in Toronto than I did in Italy. Okay. Italy was more of the history of it, right. and uh, sort of the home base. This is where it is. Yeah. Yes, some people hang it in their backyard to dry. Yep. Stuff like that. The, yeah. The origin of it. Whereabouts in Italy is Parma? I'm trying to. So we're uh, northern central. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right in the smack dab in the middle. Okay. And it uh, depends on who you ask, obviously. But uh, to me, that Parma is where cured meats come from. Okay. Uh, that is the homeland of prosciutto di Parma. Ah, so they have a factory of prosciutto di Parma that supplies the world with one product, right? salted pork leg. Nice, nice. Awesome. And then what, uh, how did you end up back in Calgary? What brought you back here? So I, uh, I came back to Calgary just at an attempt to move, move, move again, yep. I guess, change, yep. uh, change uh, pace. Uh, I moved, and for some reason I resorted back to Calgary. It happened to be flood week. Ah, nice. Yeah, that so week. 2013. 2013, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, and we... I met, uh, I got a job at Teatro, I was working at uh, Teatro, so I met the chef with the light of my cell phone because there was no power. Uh, I met the chef with the light of my cell phone and we cleaned out a walk-in fridge uh, where I went home with all my possessions, which was a bag of knives, a bag of clothes, and a Parmesan wheel that I (laughs) rolled out of the fridge and refused to throw it out. Okay. Because they age that stuff for yeah. for months at room yeah. temperature. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it doesn't need to be refrigerated. So. No. Awesome. And then uh, cooking in Calgary, and that's kind of where you started transitioning into a business with the cured meats. Yeah, I worked as a so I worked my way up the ranks in the kitchens to uh, basically I ended up at the living room restaurant working as the chef de cuisine. Yep. Um, where I built the menus, uh, ran the kitchen, did everything hands-on with the restaurant. Uh, I stayed there for a few years before building, and I asked the owners for permission if I could turn half the wine cellar into a dry, right. into a, uh, a climate-controlled room for drying meat. Right. With the, uh, the charcuterie boards that we put out each night, I... Um, I use it as a, a money-saving ploy to save money if you cure the meat. Right. Uh, which worked out. Do, do it there rather than buying it from somebody, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, so I cured all sorts of meat for the restaurant. Yep. Then I made, uh, with his approval of me selling some products out of there, um, I started with one product, which was guanciale. Okay. And we hung up, I think about, I think we did about 300 kilos of guanciale that we filled a 10 by 10 room with. Um, and we started to sell it. So we went to the registry and made a company called Volto de Guanciale. Okay. Uh, which is VDG. This is where VDG comes from. Yep. Uh, and we've used all sort of marketing pitches like very damn good and sure. stuff like yeah, that. That was some options there. Yeah. yeah. What's Volto is what? Volto is uh, to face something. Okay. The face of it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so the play on words, Volto di Guanciale, depends on who you ask again. But to me and the entity created from it means the face of Guanciale. Right. So. Guanciale is a pig's jowl, right, which yeah. is the face. Yeah. So make, making it play on words. Yeah. I wanted to have the term guanciale, i.e. The, the big product that we made. I wanted to have the name in the company name, right. like prosciutto di Parma. Sure. That's yep. where I got yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Learn it, you know, as we went along, we made more than just guanciale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and with the familiarity of the Italian language, Volto di Guanciale wasn't wasn't really rolling off Calgarians' tongues. Sure, yeah. yep. <laughs> so we made more products, and we changed the name to VDG Salumi. Uh, and for those of you that don't know the word Salumi, 
you can use the word charcuterie as familiarity. Charcuterie is the French term for meat preservation. Okay. Yeah. And salumi is the Italian term for it. Okay. So it means the same thing. It means the same thing. Okay. Yeah. I see uh, that, and I just think salami, of course. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and salami is a type of salumi. Sure. As is prosciutto, colpa, all that stuff. Right. If, you, if you're using Italian traditions, yep. which is obviously arguable by everyone too, um, you, yeah, yep. it's it's a, a generality, right a generalized term. You'll you'll see it more predominant on in the hubs of uh, Canada or the world, but sure. um, yeah, Vancouver and Toronto, even on Calgary, Matt Hughes, there's a, a salumis popping up here right now. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Just yeah. And my goal was when pe- when people saw salumi, I wanted to use salumi in the second name because I realized that it wasn't in Calgary, mm-hmm. and I wanted to, as soon as it did come to Calgary, people see the word salumi and they look up and say, "Oh, like VDG salumi." Right. Yeah. Got that recognition right off the bat. Yeah. That'd be that'd be awesome. Awesome. And then uh, moving into the facility here, is this the same, the first facility? Uh, this is our third facility. Okay, so you've moved a few times then. So. Yeah, yeah, we've moved uh, We've moved a few times, starting with the restaurant. Yeah. We were in the basement there. So that was the first one. So yeah. we, uh, then we moved into a sublease space in Bonas. So we... We, you know, it was a, it was an operating business, so we subleased it off the uh, off the owner and making salami by night. Okay. Yeah. I'm just using the space. Yeah. At that time, I was working. Uh, I was working a full time day job at State teaching uh, culinary arts. Okay. And I had one employee uh, who we're still in good terms with. I was with uh, with him over the weekend, actually. Good. Um, and he was, yeah, he was on payroll. We were paying one guy and yep. making it in there. It was awesome. Bit of, bit of work doing the, pulling the double duty. The double duty, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. And then this uh, location, when did you move in here? We moved in here in uh, September 29th, 2019. Okay. Yeah, so I've been in here. It's, it's been three years, years exactly. Yeah, today, yeah. actually. Is it? Is it? Oh no, twenty six. No, no, yeah, I've never had twenty nine myself. Yeah. Pretty sure it's a twenty nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, it took eighteen months to get a deal with this guy in here. This place was currently being occupied from a gentleman doing uh, slicing meat for full. Okay. All the full in the city. So he yeah, was yeah. doing all the full contracts, and he had a series of really good quality. Burkle slicers lined up in there, and him and his wife were running these slicers all day. They had a blast chiller, so yeah. we uh, he wanted to sell his business and the assets of it. We came Perfect. to a deal, yeah, um, and we moved in, and we spray paint or not, we and we pressure washed seventeen garbage bags of paint chips off the wow. production room floor. That's yeah. how many times he painted the floor and made it over. Seventeen garbage bags. That's like, crazy. We, I can't even imagine that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts. It was like, uh, yeah, we had paint chips. I guess yeah. it was a mess. And we had an operating business. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Yeah. And it was not like this. Yeah. yeah. So what? The facility here. What have you got in the? You know, what's your operation? So uh, we're we're sitting in the. Um, in the office right now, yeah. so it's just uh, I'm here one one day a week, and then our shop manager, uh, he's primarily in the shop too. That's why we're getting rid of this office. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is the office. This is small staff room. Then we have the productions basically on the other side of this wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll go back about a hundred feet, um, all the way to the back bay where we have a bay door. With a forklift um, and three uh, 200 square foot uh, climate controlled rooms. Okay. Um, I guess yeah. I mean, better question is for for what you're doing. What does the production facility look like? What's the kind of talk talk the people through that? What uh, so the yeah. different stages and steps? Okay. Basically, you know, as the 
we make primarily two procedures uh, where they get different are the amounts of spices or the cut of meat that goes into it but uh, we'll use uh, salami or prosciutto as an example of the two different uh, sure. styles so salami will come in uh, where we buy shoulders pork shoulders for the most part mm-hmm. combo bins of them we'll break them down we'll grind them we have a 10 horsepower grinder uh, and we have a 200 kilo mixer, so we make 200 kilo batches of uh, salami mm-hmm. that's made with ground meat, spices. We introduce a freeze-dried bacteria culture. Okay. Uh, we feed it dextrose, which is a corn-based sugar. Okay. Then we put it into a ferment chamber where we ferment the meat right. uh, in climate control until we get the proper pH readings, okay. uh, which is acidic content. Then we move them into uh, three different stages of drying. Okay. Which the first stage is a more humid room. So uh, using relative humidity, as we're probably all familiar with, it goes into an 85% um, chamber. Mm -hmm. Then uh, it goes to another slightly drier chamber. Then finally into a the driest chamber where we finish the meat, okay. uh, and we use a different uh, unit of measurement than relative humidity. We actually use absolute humidity, okay, yeah, to uh, monitor that room. Yeah. Once the meat has lost uh, X amount of weight, mm-hmm. its desired weight, yep. it comes down. Um, then. You know, the, the biggest challenge with our business is I can tell when the meat's ready by the feel, and it's obviously not me that's grabbing the, that's touching the meat. Right. Um, so we have a water activity meter that gives us a green light or a red light. Right. If we're, uh, you know, what red or green means, whatever the humidity, moisture level is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, um, then we pack, then we package it up, and everything's basically shell. Assuming we've done our work properly, it's uh, shelf stable for about a year. Okay. So, so um, you're, with the salamis that you're talking about, that would all be put into a casing before that first step, right? Yes. After they're grinding and mixing and everything. Yeah. It's good stuffed in there. Yeah. Sorry, it gets yeah. stuffed into yeah. all sorts of different sizes. Right. Yeah. Big yeah. ones, small ones, natural ones, fake ones. Sure. Yeah, pressed ones, not pressed ones, right? All kinds. Um, yeah, we do about a thousand kilos a week of salami mix. Yep. Um, and then that's how we make all our salami. We have about, we have about forty different types of salami. Mm-hmm. Then we have our whole muscles, which is a whole piece of meat right. that we use osmosis. Mm-hmm. Um, to get there. We basically use salt to extract the moisture, we cure it, we dry cure it under refrigeration Mm -hmm. for about 30 days, it depends on the size. Um, Then it gets just lightly washed, we wash off the salts and sugars and curing salts, Uh, and then it gets stuffed into net, and the netting is like basically like a pantyhose for meat, Uh, and we hang it up Mm -hmm. until it loses its amount, right amount of weight. So the net is that just, just to allow the moisture to come out of it and something to hang, or how, what's the purpose of the netting? Yeah, the net is a really efficient way to hang, to tie a lot of meat fast. Okay. Obviously, uh, tying one piece of copa or or prosciutto is is one thing, but yeah. tying uh, two hundred in a day is yeah. quite. Uh, Laborious, so right. so the netting just comes in. It's an elastic net yep. that you squeeze over a, a cone, okay. and the meat goes into the cone right. where it pushes on the net. Yep. Then we make basically strands of meat hanging in a net. Right. Then that big strand it would be four or six pieces, depending, okay. yep. and then it goes and hangs up in a gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's just a utility, really. A, yeah. Yeah, it's an efficient, efficiency yeah. thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then we still tie, you know, trussing culatello or like uh, maybe sexier meats, right? Like you want to show more of that rusticness, right. that Italianness. Like that's what yeah. 
yeah. that's what it is in Italy, right? And yeah. Look, yeah, the yeah. loose rope on it after it dries, and sure. it's really cool. Yeah. 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 Cool. So we do we do some of that as well. Excellent. Um, so when you were, uh, did your demonstration earlier this month at Barbecue on the Bow, you talked about some of the processes that you have to use here in Canada that are maybe a little different than traditionally in Italy. Maybe talk about some of those differences. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly was it, if it was some of the additives you have to use here or not use or whatever it was. But. Yeah, like they're... Uh, you know, yeah. First and foremost, I am required by law to use nitrate. Okay. So, uh, back in the golden uh, golden years of discovering cured meats, mm-hmm. uh, there was a there was a salt product that grew naturally in certain parts of the world. This is called saltpeter. Right. Yeah. And uh, it, it's nitrate, mm-hmm. basically nitrate that collected on the banks of. Uh, it was like South America and stuff okay. like that, right? Um, then people use that in meat curing, and it is a preventative measure for toxic foodborne illnesses right. like botulism. Yeah. So uh, over the years, AHS or uh, the CFIA has made um, a legal part per million yeah. of nitrate in a dry cured product. Uh, Dry cured being not cooked, right? right? Yeah. So um, the easy way to do it in Canada is to implement a uh, kill, what's called a kill step, which is basically you'll, you're going to heat the meat to X temperature for X amount of time, okay. cooking the meat. Yeah. Right. Um, but I was adamant at not cooking the meat. I wanted to serve the real thing as yeah. you would in Italy. Yep. Yeah. So I had to work with the health board to get there. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bare minimum. All it is 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 climate control and proving my understanding of climate con- control versus time versus the back things like the bacteria I've added I I have added in yeah. plus my part per million of nitrate. Uh, my cure times for salt, which is uh, an equation based off of uh, thickness of protein, okay, uh, and a time frame of how long the salt needs to be in contact because of the thickness. Right. Yeah. Um, and first and foremost, it results in a very salty product. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've sort of just learned it over the years. Haven't it's just what it is going to what it's going to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I have a very good relationship with the health board. Yeah. They, uh, they have access to our recipes, uh, and they flag things if they have questions or, yeah. or whatever. So would you say your, your salamis or your prosciutto that you're making here, are they noticeably saltier than what somebody might get if they were in Italy? No. Not, not so much. Not, not so much. I think we've sort of figured it out over the time. Yeah. I've changed types of salt lots of times, and I'm quite stickler on what salt to use yeah. at this point. Um, no, I... No. Yeah. Excellent. They should, you know, salami and prosciutto is salt. So, yeah, it's a, right? yeah, like it's a salty product to begin yeah. with, right? So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, then we have... There, there's a few. There's depending on the usage, we've actually changed some of the some of the salt content. Yeah. Um, but then at that then at that point, I have to suggest that people cook it on the package. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we've done that for a few samples. We do one type. We do about six different kinds of pepperoni, but one of them is one percent salt. After this word from one of our amazing sponsors, Stuart and I talk more about VDG Salumi, their products, and using business to give back to the community. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Pitt County Barbecue, who is bringing authentic North Carolina-style whole hog barbecue north of the border to Alberta and Canada. 
based out of Edmonton, Pitt County, Barbecue will come to your event and cook an entire pig on site using their custom-built cooker designed by owner and pitmaster Peter Zakuski. Pitt County Barbecue brings a unique regional barbecue dining experience. From North Carolina chopped barbecue pork to Piedmont-style coleslaw, trust me when I say you've never tasted anything like this before. The meat is so good you don't even need sauce. Peter was on this past season of the Firemaster of Firemasters on the Food Network and is truly inspired by the South. His attention to detail and quality is second to none. From delicious food to amazing customer service, make sure to book Pitt County Barbecue for your next event. This past summer, Pitt County Barbecue held a series of live fire farm-to-flame dinners at the Old Red Barn outside of Leduc. Peter designed and built several live fire cooking apparatuses through Pitt County Metalworks for the event and provided an elevated live fire dining experience. Check them out on Instagram and Facebook to see some of the amazing pictures. And to book your event, visit their website at pittcountybarbecue.com. That's P-I-T-T-C-O-U-N-T-Y-B-B-Q.com. Uh, let's maybe talk about some of the other products. Uh, when you were at Barbecue on the Bow, you had a few different uh, example, samples out there that uh, you know, were really were great. Uh, talk about some of the the different flavors and types of things you're making. Yeah, so we did, um, at Barbecue in the Bowl, we, we had uh, some pancetta, which is, uh, it's a whole muscle. It's it's um, made from the pork belly. Yeah. Uh, and it's dry cured. Then it's rolled mm-hmm. and stuffed into two times net to prevent the, from housing some uh, air inside because right. it will end, end up with some bad molds. Yep. Um, we had some pancetta, then we had a 75 millimeter salami that's like the size of a baseball bat mm-hmm. um, that had beef, mustard, and pork in it. Okay. And that one's called Serve a Lot. Yep. Uh, what else did we have there? Uh, the orange. Lungo? Oh, Alonza. Oh, Alonza. Yeah. Lonza, we have, yeah, so we make Lonza with, uh, it's pork loin, okay. and it's cured with orange and fennel, so we use a little bit of orange peel, yeah. and it results for a very lean, uh, melt-in-your-mouth slice yeah. of an orange-scented yeah. dish. Amazing. Yeah, that one, people love that. Yeah. And then you have the fennel. Fen- yeah, fennel kiona. Yeah, I wasn't going to try to pronounce that, but. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Finocchione is our is by far our biggest seller, mm-hmm. or at least was. Um, it's a double fennel sausage, so it's it has fennel seed as well as fennel pollen okay. in it. So it's sort of like uh, it's on your nose. You know, it's very aromatic. Okay. The, yeah. the pollen, uh, and then it's balanced with garlic and chilies. Yeah. Finocchione is a special name that comes from a special product from Tuscany. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the, the story is that a boy a boy had stolen a salami from the market and hid it in a field full of fennel because yeah. he didn't want his mom to get him in trouble. Yeah. Then when he went back to get the salami that he'd stolen, he discovered that it had... S- it had smells and tastes like fennel ah. from being kept in the field. That's, right. that's how the that's the story. That's, that's yeah. how the story goes. I right? love how that those tales and uh, legends. You know how much of it's true, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, that's what it, Italy's really like. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, you know, I want. I love looping that conversation into. You know, this is. People can, in Canada, people consume 45 grams of cured meat a day on average, okay. right? Yeah. How many of them could tell you that fennel story? Right, yeah. So that, it goes to show you, you know, it's such a commonly made product, but the reality of it is it's very special, very old, yeah. it's very traditional, yeah. and it's enjoyed by literally everybody. Yeah. Right? So yeah. We, we're trying to make that more of a story. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, now we were at, about fifteen years ago. My wife and I were spent a week or so in Tuscany, and uh, just yeah, the history. And yeah, the, uh, this restaurant we ended up going there twice. It was kind of near the villa we were renting, and 
you know, been there since the 1800s and just yeah, it's, everything handmade pasta and everything is just you know amazing. It's better, simple, yeah. and yeah, yeah, simple. It wasn't about the. It's not about the chair you sit in to enjoy. It's about yeah, it's about the company. Yeah, perhaps that you're enjoying. Yeah, and that's what it should be. Yeah, awesome. Um, I was looking on your website, and obviously we've talked and have a bit of history. Being a good corporate citizen is a a big thing for you. Uh, so maybe you get into some of the programs you're a part of and the things you do here with the business that uh, you know giving back. I guess uh, B Corp. I saw was one of those things. Uh, I wasn't familiar with that organization or designation, but you can maybe talk about that a little bit and uh, where that comes from for you. I guess. Yeah, I um, I'm gonna start. I'll start bringing this into the inclusion working. So sure. we hire here at VDG. We hire uh, thirty at least thirty percent of inclusive workers. Mm-hmm. So um, people with Down syndrome uh, are who we hire now, uh, or autism, or something that is preventing them in their life to to. Uh, get what they want or what they require or something to feel good about. Um, And I could relate with that in my earlier years. So it was actually one individual that still works at VDG Mm -hmm. um, that is very, that has kind of brought that to the surface. Um, And she's been here since day one. And I, it, the the benefits that that brought to my business, I never, I didn't plan that. That was not planned. This individual is here because I, it make, she makes me feel better, right? Feel uh, that I have given her a place to be for what she is, okay? Not an expectation that I'm looking to fill. Right. I swung that into, you know, we are doing bit, we process meat in a very different way, right? There's not, not a lot of meat manufacturers bring in a thousand kilos a week to controllably rot it. Right. Yeah. And then dry it for three months. Yeah. Um, so our First and foremost, our business is very uh, unique that way. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I don't have any... I know everything about food, but I, on you know, on paper, in, in theory and on paper with schooling, I never went to meat curing school. I okay. gave a shit yeah. about meat curing. Yeah. As a 13-year-old kid, yeah. no reason why I was salting pig jowls in my parents' basement yep. rather than enjoying it. Yep. And, um... Good on your parents for allowing that, too, because I'm not sure I would have... Uh, well, exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'm grateful for my parents yep. to support me through that. Yeah. Um... Not to forget that a lot of the times that I was doing that, I was not being supported. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um... Then, uh, yeah, the expectation of, of a meat processor is that you need to go to school and be that and, and have things to show for it. And if you're not smart enough, then you can't go and all that. And you can watch me. Yeah. Watch me do it. Figure it out alternatively. Yeah. And, I'll, and a person that, is, that society has earlier deemed as unworkable, yeah. I'm going to show you how she can pack it to, yeah. and feel good about it and go home. And when she sees it on the shelf, she packed that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it really is a way of doing things differently, but properly. Right. Uh, with recognition of that, I have won, I won a DEEM award last year, which is a pretty big award for hiring inclusive workers. Okay. I'm presenting an award there this year. Nice. That's on October 26th. Um, and we have, we have received our B Corp certification. B Corp certification uh, is 
a certifiably legit place to work. That's basically what it is. Um, B B Corp. It's you know it's obviously a lot more technical than that. Yeah. The requirements for you have to pay people this or X and yeah. have this things like benefits and stuff. We offer full benefits for staff. Um, all the holidays off, yeah. basically, you know, everything, everything that we pay people out if they're fired or, you know, like everything that the Alberta law says and, yeah. you know, that it may or may not happen in reality, we actually do. Yeah. So we have been rewarded for that. Right. And I may have to check my records, but I, as far as I know, we are the only meat company in North America to get their nice. B Corp. Yeah, congratulations! Which is awesome. That's great. That's yeah. primarily my wife. What I looked uh, online, beneficial is what the B seems to stand for, from what I was able to see. So it's companies that are yeah giving back and being of a benefit to their community. Uh, yeah, not, not just a you know a business transaction, but they're you know providing more value back to the community. Right? Yeah, provide provides more. Right? Yeah. Um, that really, it keeps us on our toes when it comes to uh, professionalism and stuff like that. At the end of the day, it's a meat shop, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's cold and wet and smelly, and, yeah. um, but same as anything, it's what you make of it. Yeah. And um, I feel great for it. Yeah. Well, and I can speak, my, my daughter briefly worked for you, and she, yeah. you know, having had a, a much different experience at a different meat shop here in town, uh, you know, I can vouch for what you're saying from her experience. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah no, it's uh, yeah. excellent. And meal share is that still something you're involved with? Me- oh yes, meal share. Yeah, we we uh, we partnered with meal share last year. Yeah, uh, that was my one of my wife's relationships, okay. and and uh, her name is Michaela. She has been uh, she's at home growing our family. Right. Um, and she's taken a little bit of a step back for a bit. Yep. Um, and yeah, I got to follow up with the meal, with the meal share thing. Yeah, no, and I've had uh, meal share on the show a couple of times, so familiar with their program. Oh, awesome. And, uh, yeah, so they're doing some wonderful stuff. Oh, okay. I got to, yeah. I know I Bree. Bree, I worked with yeah. Bree at uh, Teatro. Yeah, I had her on. I'm trying to day. think her last name is escaping me. Sitch or Such or uh, Sitch. Yeah, yeah, Sitch. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And then Mona Pinder also. But, uh, I'd had her on once before as well. So. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah, cool. So, no, we've had uh, certainly trying to help the spread their word a little bit. So when I saw that on your website. Uh, oh, yeah, I got it. That was great. So we'll see that. Yeah. Yeah, a wonderful program. And I think with what they're doing is if you can, if kids can not have to worry about eating they're able to just just give them so much of a better start right off the bat and uh, yeah 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 and just help people where you can yeah yeah we do what else? little things like we donate to uh, the veteran society yeah um, they were quite jacked when they were getting slices of prosciutto and uh, 100 grams of prosciutto in their yeah. basket instead of another can of beans. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, they were into that. Yeah. yeah, they're right over there too. Perfect. Uh, Christmas time, we usually do that, yeah. so that's something come up for Christmas. Yeah. Um. Yeah, donations here yeah. and there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. No, that's great to see. Uh, you know, being a part of the community, giving back. That's uh, that's awesome. Nice to. It's not not everyone has that uh, that mindset right in business. It's. Uh, Everyone's looking for the dollars coming in, but not always giving back. So, it, money yeah. doesn't money doesn't buy you money does not buy you happiness. Yeah, it does not. Awesome. You, you just mentioned Christmas. Uh, we're here at the end of September. Thanksgiving coming, Christmas coming. What could people be coming to VDG for? To, you know, to add to their holiday plates. What would you? Uh, what would some of your recommendations be? So we are going to be. Those of you that are familiar with our uh, Lux Box line, which are the 165 gram products, we are actually changing those into a 330 gram portion, as well as launching some new flavors of them. One of them being a long lost chorizo, which is my probably my favorite recipe, and. Uh, 
it's a very simple recipe, but it results in a very good product. Uh, we're going to be selling those right out of our shop because okay. that is the that is the best way to purchase it. Right. Uh, we have, we'll also have another feature uh, pepperette here um, for Halloween. And game, game okay. meats. We're doing a lot more game meats. Okay. Uh, with the fall. Yeah. We just took down a juniper berry and spruce tip. Bison juniper berry and spruce tip salami. Nice. Uh, we just took down a lamb merguez. Um, we do a Saskatoon berry and bison. Uh, and I'm gonna. I want to try a chocolate and venison. Chocolate, not like uh, not like a Twix bar, like sure, uh, yeah. real, uh, real, yeah, yeah. cocoa. Awesome. Uh, any kind of suppliers, your meat suppliers, anyone you want to kind of mention there? Or? We've had quite a. The year has been very bumpy when it comes to local pork suppliers. Yeah. Um, I've lost two. I've lost two suppliers, uh, primary supply suppliers due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is not do, one of them is not doing uh, wholesale anymore. Okay. But they're still around. Yeah. Uh, so we've had to revert to some larger, larger sort of uh, amalgamated pork slaughterhouses. Sure. Yeah. Um, where it's still all Alberta pork, it just comes from many different sources, and uh, and it's consolidated at one spot yep. making us uh, be able to stay in our price range mm-hmm. within the amount that we need yeah. a lot with the growth that we did um, it's really become challenging to get you know if you need it you need 10 kilos of copa and stuff like that that's no problem yeah. but getting a hundred uh, is different so yeah awesome uh, you talked about the the, the office where we're sitting in right now you're in the process of kind of transfer transforming this into a little bit of a shop space when do you think that's going to be up and running for folks to be able to come in and well yeah at this point we're sort of gearing up for halloween okay i'd love to do some sort of uh some sort of halloween uh spooky meat show in here and uh but that's going to... Oh, I think we can do it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And then uh, online. Is, uh, for shopping online, you've got your online orders. Yep. We have, we have e-commerce division, which we're going to be turning into an app. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And the app is going to be updated daily um, just so we can show sort of some specialty products. Okay. Um, just enhance them a little bit more yep. that way, and I think just stick with the times. I think yeah. I think apps are just what people are going to. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, just and trying that. Number of retailers across the city and province that uh, got a listing of retailers on the website. I notice. Yeah, we have a. Um, yeah, most of our uh, retailers are are on the website. Okay. If you want to. Uh, refer to that we we do sell to about 500 places in uh calgary maybe about 300 places in edmonton and um and then we do freezing brothers uh whole program right we do six SKUs at uh co-op yeah we do the cactus club private label and we do spalumbo's private label nice so spalumbo's have had their chorizo pepperettes with uh, the sports teams and, and okay. stuff like that you can buy them at co-op you can buy them at some okay. gas stations oh, okay. yeah we make uh, we make those here nice yeah awesome. we make a whole bunch of them here yeah another uh, another great Calgary company yeah yeah it's yeah. Columbus yeah, yeah they're, they're other partners of us yep um, we we look up to them yeah we we uh, have great conversations there mm-hmm. good like yeah. yeah, 
table slapping Italian yep. uh, loving yes. people. Yeah, yeah I've had Tony's been on the show, and, uh, <laughs> and again, you talk about companies that give back to the community. There's a there's another one, so it's not surprising to see that you guys have a, yeah. an association with them. So, yeah, um, yeah, they're great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's been uh, for many years one of my favorite places to eat. So. Yeah. yeah, I love going down there. That yeah. sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Uh, website, social media, where can folks find you? Uh, so, yeah, our Instagram handle is VDG Salumi. Our uh, website is VDGSalumi.com. Okay. Last uh, last thing I'll ask, and we didn't really talk about much of uh, cooking at home. Do you get out grilling, doing any sort of barbecue at home uh, at all? I do lots of barbecue at home. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. I grilling or smoking? What's both? Or smoking. Yeah. Going back to my uh, my definition of barbecue yep. is to to cook yep. low temperatures with natural fuel. Yep. Um, so I have a Kamado Joe, like the ceramic barbecues. I have every size of them at yep. home, nice. and I uh, I love to do my meal prep throughout the week. Mm-hmm. By for example, I'll. Uh, brine or inject or rub or all three yep. of uh, a brisket, put it on at 10 o'clock at night, wake up, take it off in the morning, yep. and I rest it until dinner time. Yep. And then uh, that's like the fastest, sure, maybe a 12-hour cook, but you can serve dinner in 12 seconds. So yeah, yep. ready to go. That's what I love. Yeah, I barbecue on the weekends. Nice. Um, and uh, I thought I was a lot better at barbecuing until I went to the kind of barbecue <laughs> competitions. That's all different. And now uh, I'm yeah. kind of now I feel like a uh, yeah. an amateur. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, those are it's a different uh, whole different world when you get there. That's for sure. Yeah, holy smoke! But I can't believe uh, the community of it. Yeah, is the best. Um, that's uh, yeah, like. That stuff is worth way more value than any money yeah. to me. Yeah. And I'm really looking to get deeper into yeah, that. That's awesome. We're uh, thrilled to have oh, you. I couldn't believe like, getting into the community a little bit. And you were up at Port Capalooza in Edmonton this year, you had mentioned earlier, right? Yeah. So. yeah. Now, were you there? No, I didn't okay. get up there for the, this year. So. Um, yeah, because I was there with my buddy from New Zealand. Right. Yeah. Barbecue Boy or something? Barbecue Boy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I was hanging out with uh, the Motley Q folks yesterday, and his uh, his name came up a couple times. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'll have to tell. Uh, yeah. I'll have to let him know. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, Ken Van Mackelberg is mm-hmm. my one of my favorite people. Uh, Ken was the executive chef at a place I was working up north, and he helped me through sobriety, huh. which is a big part of my. Uh, history yep yeah awesome um and I've stuck with him ever since he was my best man in my wedding nice yeah awesome yeah those are the the relationships and the connections that the uh, only guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's it just one yep yep awesome uh last question I'll ask you 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 at home you got one of the eggs uh fired up what's kind of your go to brisket Yeah. yeah yeah I was trying to think of something else. No, yeah, it's brisket. No, if it's brisket, it's brisket. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, it's brisket. It's a good one. Yeah, I love. Uh, honestly, my favorite is I is salt and pepper. Generous amount of salt and pepper over mesquite yeah. smoke. Yeah. Smoking the whole time. Uh, I'm not. I haven't really got up to the hot and fast thing yet. No, it's a different. I, yeah. I don't. I'm. I don't understand it yet. I'm still. I'm still working on the parsley box. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, okay, I'll forget the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Stuart, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Uh, doing some great things here. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. You are listening to Canada's longest running barbecue podcast, and it is time now for some barbecue news brought to you by the Barrel Boss Q, a family owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta and the manufacturer of the original Canadian Trump Smoker. Whether it's in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and the Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents, 
to slow down a bit and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry level all the way to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the charcoal drum smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block or maybe get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram and visit them online at Barrel Boss Q. That's B-A-R-R-E-L-B-O-S-S, the letter Q, dot C-A, to see the whole lineup. And tell them you heard about them on the Eat More Barbecue podcast. We had some Canadian teams and friends of the show come up with some great results this past weekend south of the border and even further south of the border. First up at the American Royal World Series of Barbecue, Rob Reinhardt and the Prairie Smoke and Spice team out of Saskatchewan got an amazing 14th place overall call in Saturday's Invitational Competition. This competition featured 250 teams that had all won a Grand Champion Award in order to qualify. Well done, crew, well done. Further south in Monterrey, Mexico, it was the Monterrey Barbecue Festival, which included a KCBS competition. And Ontario's Rusty Smoke Barbecue took home the reserve Grand Champion title, while Calgary's own Janice Smella of Smellicue got a first place chicken call and fourth place overall. Congratulations to these Canadian teams on the great accomplishments and to all of the teams out there that heard their names called. Coming up next weekend, October 14th and 15th in Lynchburg, Tennessee, it's the Jack, the Jack Daniels Invitational Barbecue, and then November 11th and 13th in Gadsden, Alabama, it's the KCBS World Invitational Barbecue Contest. We do have some Canadian teams heading south for both of those, so I'll be keeping an eye out and seeing how everyone does. I had the opportunity to be one of the judges a couple weekends back at the Summer Grillin' Backyard Barbecue Competition, hosted by Nick and Michelle at Edmonton Smokers and Barbecue Supply in Leduc. It was a great event, well run with 12 teams competing in a chicken and rib cook. Congrats to Panther Barbecue out of Olds on winning the event. It was awesome to see the level of interest amongst the amateur ranks, and I look forward to seeing this event again, and hopefully more like it coming next year. While I was up in Edmonton, I decided to check out the new Dickie's Barbecue Pit on the south side, and I had a chat with the franchise owner, Muhammad, about coming on the show to chat about the operation, so stay tuned for that coming soon. Friends up in Canada here, it is Thanksgiving weekend coming up here this, uh, this weekend. Drop me a line. Let me know what you're cooking on the grill, on the smokers, for your Thanksgiving feast. Who's doing turkey on the smoker? Mm-mm-mm. Folks, I'm always looking for guest ideas on the show, so email me at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com if there is someone you'd like to hear from. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca where you can check out a listing of barbecue joints here in Alberta then get on out there and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out to your local barbecue joints and show them some love. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week and keep on smoking. Mm-hmm.